0: Hey, this is Ryan Thomas. Thanks so much for listening to On the Road and supporting Faith Radio. You are just the very best, and we appreciate you so much. Enjoy the show. Discovering stories of courage, determination, and hope. Welcome to Faith Radio's On the Road. Now, here's Ryan Thomas. Well, you know you're really going to enjoy a book. When you open it up and the first thing that meets your eye are the words, flying upside down is not a big deal. (laughs) On April 17th, 2018, just 20 minutes after an uneventful takeoff from New York City, Southwest Airlines captain Tammy Jo Schultz found herself wrestling a passenger-filled commercial airliner back to the ground after a catastrophic engine failure mid-flight. Drawing on years of extensive training as a pilot in the US Navy, she and her crew successfully landed the severely damaged 737 in Philadelphia, saving the lives of 148 people on board. In her new book, Nerves of Steel, how I followed my dreams, earned my wings, and faced my greatest challenge, Tammy Jo shares her early love for the skies, her unlikely path to become one of the Navy's first female F-18 Hornet pilots, how that journey, in an undefeatable faith, prepared her for her greatest challenge. Welcome aboard, Tammy Joe. What an honor to have you here today. How are things for you on this fine day? Excellent.
1: Excellent. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Well, it would be nearly malpractice not to open with the story that captured so many of our hopes and hearts in the spring of last year. So we'll dig into that first and then uh, retrace our steps back to where the journey starts. But it's an April day in New York City. you soar into the heavens with your boeing 737 flight 1380 you've only been in the air twenty minutes and things appear to be going beautifully and then comes this violent shock as you describe it and your first thought was that you'd had a midair collision is that right
1: yes uh, I mean Darren and I comparing notes later realized that we both had that same thought it it felt like a um, We've been T-boned by a Mack truck.
0: Catastrophic engine failure, rapid depressurization. These are the, the clinical terms for what happened, but you write that you right. couldn't see, you couldn't breathe, and you have this piercing pain in your ears. How on earth do you somehow shut that out and figure out what to do next?
1: Well, I think part of it is just the adrenaline rush that happened. Um, Whenever you can't communicate, you can't uh, breathe, and you can't focus your eyes on anything, you're rather isolated with nothing to do for a moment. And so adrenaline kicks in, and it really, uh, it makes your mind work at warp speed. You can remain very focused. And I remember my thought process was that I, I wasn't sure everything would stay on. There was such a shuddering to the aircraft. And we really didn't know what all had happened, so I I just thought this might we may not keep everything on the aircraft that we need to fly until we get it to a runway, and that that takes me mentally to the cliffs of what if I like to say, and that would be if that's the case, then this would be the day I meet my maker, and that's when I really came to a halt in my mental rush and and had a calm because I realized I wouldn't be meeting a stranger, that I meet with him every day. And so I stepped back from that rush, calmed, and looked at, that's the bad news. So the good news is we're still flying. And I do think that's where I had the calm to think through the next 20 minutes, making a lot of different decisions uh, that I've never made before. And, And also just I think that's reflected in my calm voice, but it was from a calm heart. And and I don't think that was of myself. I think that was a gift.
0: Is there a conversation that did take place uh, there, even maybe wordlessly, uh, with the Almighty? Because I was taken with the reporting about the air traffic controllers hearing you say, Heavenly Father, in that moment. Was there an actual conversation that plays out with God, even right there in the middle of that just awful situation?
1: Probably about 15 minutes later that when we were over the city of Philadelphia and we realized we couldn't level off. We had too much drag. The aircraft was about 10,000 pounds overweight for landing, and we couldn't use all the thrust from the good engine because of all the drag pulling us to the left, the good engine would push us to the left. So we we had to recalculate our approach and and also flap setting, use a flap setting that would get us below tire blowing speed once we landed, but not create too much drag. And so there were a lot of things going on. And when we got ready to make our last turn, I put the input in to turn right to line up with the runway and nothing happened. And There's a silence uh, on the ATC tapes as well as in the cockpit when we listen to the cockpit voice recorder. And that's when those two words in a question came out of my mouth, Heavenly Father. And I thought it was a private conversation, but uh, the finish of that was quiet and within my own mind. And that was just, Lord, what am I missing? I know you didn't help us uh, wrangle this for 30,000 feet and get... 2,000 feet off the ground with one turn to the runway left and not be able to do it. And, you know, prayer really does uh, take that mental metal cage off sometimes and allow us to think a little more creatively and, and um, have some inspiration. And so I figured it out, got it turned around and landed.
0: I love how you said, there were a lot of things going on. <laughs> the, the understatement of the century, right there uh, from Tammy Jo Schultz. She's an airline pilot, a former highly decorated trailblazing naval aviator. And last spring as the captain of Southwest Flight 1380, she successfully landed her aircraft after a catastrophic mid-flight engine failure. Her new book tells her story. It's called Nerves of Steel, How I Followed My Dreams, Earned My Wings, and Faced my greatest challenge. We're going to hear the story about where that, that phrase, nerves of steel, comes from in just a moment. But you say in the book that so many things went wrong that day, but so many went right too. Can you just continue to take inside what those right things were that allowed you to get to Philadelphia and then to be able to, to wrestle down that plane onto that runway?
1: first of all, some of the right things that happened that day wa- was the crew I was flying with. I know that we fl- we have an incredible group of aviators and um, flight attendants, but I would have to say those that day will always remain dear to my heart. Darren Elliser, my first officer, amazing aviator, amazing gentleman, and functioned in such a great way that day. I mean, he, he was just um amazing. And then I had Shanique Mallory and Catherine Sandoval and Rachel, Rachel Fernheimer as flight attendants that day. And they did above and beyond what people would even imagine uh, people doing. When they heard that we were, when they heard the PA that we're not going down, we're going into Philly, they unbuckled and headed down an aisle that gave them bruised ribs, sprained back, cuts, lacerations, just to help people get their oxygen masks over their nose, not just their mouth, so they could actually breathe and, um, and reassure them. The cockpit's still in control. We're headed to Philadelphia and also help where they saw the need there in row 14.
0: There is quite the nugget of a story that plays out when you're there back on the ground being checked out by a medical crew and an EMT checks your blood pressure and find something after all this that I think would come as a shock to most of us. Can you tell us what he found?
1: As soon as Darren and I, um, we were the last ones to get off the airplane and we'd shut everything down. And anyway, we, we walked off the airplane into the EMT van and they take your blood, do an EKG, take your blood pressure and your pulse and, I wasn't really paying attention, you know, while he was uh, taking my blood pressure, and and he said, "Well, how do you get through the how, how do you get through security?" And I I looked at him kind of funny. I didn't know what he was talking about. And He said, "I mean, with these nerves of steel, you're, you don't even have a, a high, you don't even have a changed pulse rate." You know, and um and I again, I really think that reflects the Lord's um intervention in that because, as my son, who's 18 at the time, pointed out, you just need to leave a dirty dish on the table. She gets, us, she gets spun up. So <laughs> being able to keep calm during that time when we really did have a number of challenges, there had never been that combination of failures and challenges that Darren and I had trained for. Um, there was what we call compound emergencies. You know, the engine failure was one. The rapid depressurization was another. The damage to the wing and the engine was another. The hydraulic systems being damaged, the fuel system uh, being damaged. There was just there was a number of things. Having a medical emergency and then not being able to use the good engine as much as you needed to to level off over the city uh, of Philadelphia and and making an approach at about I don't know 100 plus miles an hour faster than what we normally make an approach at and so anyway there was just there are a number of things that we needed a clear head to keep thinking ahead of the aircraft and and changing our plans when it didn't work
0: Well, it's it's simply extraordinary. Thank you so much uh, for taking us through that day uh, again. But there is a story in this book which is fascinating that many of us would not know, and that is how you got to that point and to that day, and to press the rewind button back to where it begins. This love affair that you have with flying that defines so much of your life it traces all the way back to your youth. You grow up under the beautiful blue sky on a New Mexico ranch. And you really had a front row seat to watch Air Force pilots hone their craft right overhead, right?
1: Our ranch was the last, last one on the, on the road. And about 30 miles across the, the desert floor was Holloman Air Force Base. And so whenever you're dogfighting, you need a ground reference point to help keep you both in the same part of the sky because you're not looking inside at your instruments when you're dogfighting. And so they used a big hay barn to anchor those dogfights. You know, I got to see it. But if you've never met a pilot or been in an airplane or anything like that, it's so far away. Um, And I started collecting aviation stories, and I came across Jungle Pilot, which is the story about Nate Saint, um, Jim Elliott's pilot down in Ecuador, a Mission Aviation Fellowship pilot. And... His descriptions just helped me feel like I was getting to see aviation from behind a pilot's eyes to get a cockpit view of it. And that really sealed the deal for me. I, I just thought, you know what, this is, I think I've got the skill set for this and I'm going for it.
0: That is the voice of Tammy Jo Schultz. She's an airline pilot, a former highly decorated trailblazing naval aviator and the captain of the be quite famed Southwest Flight 1380. Her new book is called Nerves of Steel, How I Followed My Dreams, Earned My Wings, and Faced My Greatest Challenge. And obviously that incredible story of faith from Nate Saint and the incredible faith that you displayed on that day in April. Talk a little bit about how you came to that faith. Was it something that you really bought into from a young age? Was it further along the path?
1: What drew me... the Lord was creation. Um, I grew up outside, really, quite a bit. And so I would see sunsets and moonrises and butterflies hatching and new baby piglets being born. And, you know, when you see these things in nature, it's obvious that man had nothing to do with it. (laughs) And so then you start, uh, you know, I just have a curious mind and I started looking around it. All the beginning stories, you know. At school, I would hear one thing. At church, I would hear a different thing. And then I would read uh, stories and realize that every every culture has their beginning story. And so I I chose God's beginning story. Uh, It just it made sense to me. But it did take me a few years to get the flawed image of God out of my mind and the real image. And I had always kind of seen him as a I was kind of a cranky old man in the sky waiting for me to mess up. (laughs) And uh, in junior high, the the summer before I went into high school, when I was 13, I went to my first church camp, and they were studying the book of James. And whenever I was off by myself one day reading through James 1, I came across James 1, 5, talking about if you need wisdom— he is generous to give it to you without resenting you asking for it. And so I thought, okay, that does not fit with the image I have of God in my mind. And I, I, I really took on a new image of God, which was of a young man walking the same earth I was walking. And he was a, Jesus just, he went counterculture and didn't seek to uh, be with those that were influential or wealthy, he, he went for those in the shadows. And one of the groups that was very much in the shadows at the time were, was women. And he, he pulled women out of the shadows. He hallmarked their faith, highlighted their courage. And so having a faith, in a God that there are no second-class citizens and a family that cherished me, a dad and brothers that treated me as an equal. Uh, you know, I really had a great foundation to launch mm-hmm. into life.
0: Well, speaking of that launching, you some of the most compelling pages of the book are when you talk about the obstacles that you face as you make that effort to join the military then as an aviator. Can you sketch some of those quite sturdy walls that you really discovered in your path in those early days? I was particularly taken aback by what you're told by the Air Force colonel about girls and flying.
1: <laughs> yes, career day was not necessarily an encouragement to become an aviator. <laughs> but it was previews of coming attractions. And the day I arrived in Alamogordo at the career day Tula Rosa, New Mexico was too small to have its own career day. So we bust into the sophisticated town of Alamogordo and (laughs) I went to the aviation class and the Colonel that was giving the briefs there asked me if I was lost. Very, very uh, polite. And when I said, no, I signed up for aviation. He said, well, this is career day, not hobby day. You need to go find something girls can do. And I was, I was so shocked. I looked for and found a seat in the back and sat down super quickly, not to be defiant or courageous. I just knew the buses were locked. I had no place to go. <laughs> and it got me uh, seated, and I got to listen to aviation, and it was absolutely everything I thought it would be. But I went home, told my folks, well, did you know? Girls don't fly for a living. And my folks, they're busy being ranchers. We didn't have a telephone. We didn't have a television. And, you know, there was no Internet or Google. So I accepted what he had to say and went a different direction. And my folks encouraged me, you know what, go to plan B, C, or D, but get your education. Hmm. And after I got my college degree, at the end of my time in college, a friend of mine, her brother, was getting his wings in the Air Force. So I went with her to Uh, cheer him on and there was a girl in his class and I thought oh my goodness I have spent years getting my degree in something else and here is a girl so I went up and talked to her thinking she's probably a rocket scientist and she was a biology major which was basically what I was and so I thought okay I'm redoubling on my efforts here and it took me It took me two years from that point to find, first of all, the Air Force didn't, they wouldn't even let me take the test. The Army, same story, and the Navy let me take the test, but it took me two years to find a a recruiter who would actually process my test and my application. So it took me a little bit of time, but as I look back on it, I have to tell you, I look at how many times... I got pushed back, pushed off, pushed back, pushed off. And I realized, well, because of that timing, I met my husband, and I got to fly the F-18. If I'd have gotten in when I wanted to, I would have been past that point. So Mm -hmm. God's timing is always perfect.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, this incredible story is the story of Tammy Jo Schultz today, the airline pilot, the former highly decorated trailblazing naval aviator, and, of course, the pilot of Southwest Flight 1380. The book is called Nerves of Steel, How I Followed My Dreams, Earned My Wings, and Faced My Greatest Challenge. There are so many things that I would love to ask you, Tammy Jo, but uh, I'm going to be a little bit indulgent with what I choose to ask you here in the next several minutes. Because your perseverance, your determination, obviously, see you earn your Navy Wings of Gold, become one of the, the very first female F-18 Hornet pilots. But I can't resist asking you this because how often am I going to get the chance to talk to someone who knows the answer? Can you express <laughs> or do, do words really even do much justice to the thrill of soaring into that blue sky strapped into one of those extraordinary flying machines?
1: I would have to say, trying to describe it, you kind of need to use something that you may be familiar with. So if you think about the difference between standing on the ground and watching your favorite roller roller coaster or ride, and the the difference between standing on the ground or being on the ride, um, you can kind of understand the difference between watching on the ground or riding in an F-18, and then you add in getting to control it. And so, it's it's this wonderful combination of taming and organizing a thousand details into an economy of mind and motion.
0: That's beautiful, an economy of mind and motion. I love that phrase. Thank you for that. Once again, the name of the book is called Nerves of Steel: How I Followed My Dreams, Earned My Wings and Face My Greatest Challenge, and of course, available wherever fine books are sold, but if somebody does just want to learn more about you and and follow more of your incredible work, uh, where can they go? Is there a hub on the internet they can start with?
1: CaptainSchultz.com, and it's Schultz is no C, no Z, so it's S-H-U-L-T-S. And there's, there's some stuff about the book. There's some free chapters. If you'd like to pull up the first four chapters, they're online. And also if you're interested in aviating, especially if you're 17 and under, but really even older than that, there's some links to places where you can go and get free ground school through EAA, Young Eagles, or in Women in Aviation, WAI. There's also, I just have Southwest, Link on there right now, but I'll get some others. A lot of the major airlines now are they've they've designed and have implemented a program to help you get your flying credentials because there is a pilot shortage. So if you've ever thought about flying, today's the day.
0: That's awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for that great information and and maybe just sure. one one last question, just in the few moments we have left. You know, maybe. Yeah. There's somebody tuning in today and just facing adversity, starting to really lose okay. hope, and maybe somebody right. finding it just far harder than they thought it would be to chase their dream, uh, what they feel right. their purpose is. What would you maybe say to that person today?
1: I hit a number of walls, and some walls basically toppled on top of me. <laughs> so I, I think I can speak to being discouraged, and but staying the course, and this is what I did, is... I stepped back from the fray and and took um, inventory. What is my motive for being there, versus what is their motive for opposing me? And may the most noble motive win. Then I looked at <sighs> what is my merit for being there. Do I have the skill set to be where I am? I'm not saying that I had all the tools yet, but do I have the skill set? And if I did then I did have the merit to be there. And as, as a believer, I, I just had this wonderful support from the Lord that my, my merit, my worth is not founded in what I do in life. My, who I am is given value by, by the Lord. So I didn't leave that for other people to designate. So my worth remained the same, whether I was a pilot or not, whether I did well on something or not. But when you're, when you're frustrated, I will say my mom really did a favor for me whenever she told me in junior high, Tammy Jo, you cannot be a racehorse jockey. You're five foot seven in seventh (laughs) grade and growing. You can lift the racehorse jockey up to the horse, but you're just too big. And, (laughs) You know what, there are just some truths in life that if we face them, truth is, uh, when scripture says the truth will set you free, there's, it, it certainly means in a deeper way than that, but I would say the idea that we can do anything in life is not true, that's a good hallmark card, but we do need to take stock of what's our strengths, what's our skill set, and um, not other people's idea of it. Our,
0: our own idea, wow. and then press on. Well, thank you so much uh, for that wisdom to end with, and just for this incredible story, incredible testimony. Tammy Joe Schultz has been with us today on Faith Radio's On the Road. The book title: Once Again, Nerves of Steel. How I followed my dreams, earned my wings, and faced my greatest challenge. It was really a treat to talk with you, and and frankly, an honor to meet you verbally. Thank you so much for being here. Oh,
1: thank you. It was was my pleasure.
0: Thanks for sharing in the story of this latest episode of Faith Radio's On the Road. For more on today's conversation and the full podcast archive of all our episodes, look for On the Road when you visit MyFaithRadio.com. Thank you so much for listening. Programming like this is available through your support and you can learn more about partnering financially at myfaithradio.com. We'd also love to hang out with you during the week on Facebook and on Twitter. Just search for On The Road with Ryan Thomas. Talk to you again soon.